It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of the space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to break down the film of Carl Lawson with the man who does that over at jetsxfactor.com for his show Blue It's Blitz. Does it here too on XNO Quick Hits on Play Like a Jet? That of course, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Nothing, man. It's been uh, it's been a little bit, but I'm excited to uh, jump back on the horse, as, as they say. Um, and break down some film with all these free agents coming and the draft and um, all of these transactions that are, that are about to happen. So I'm looking forward to uh, joining you quite often as I do from now until about January. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And we heard about Lawson yesterday from James Rapine, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals for Sports Illustrated and Locked on Bengals. And he told us what we needed to know about Lawson Outside of the X's and O's So this is a perfect complement to that show Because now we can dive in and really talk about his play on the field Joe, the first thing I wanted to get out of the way And I was curious what you think about this Because you and I always laugh at the fact that So many times you hear narratives that turn out to not be true How many times did we hear how bad C.J. Mosley was in coverage And then you looked at his tape and said Actually, this guy's pretty good in coverage Carl Lawson has a reputation for not being very good against the run. True or false? I think he's decent against the run. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's great against the run, and, and a lot of that comes from um, his awareness at times. He's a little bit too aggressive, or sometimes he'll push a little bit too far upfield um, and be a little bit undisciplined in the run game where guys, he might widen the B-gap a little bit, being too like I said, aggressive on that edge. Um, so it's from that his awareness at times with like a lot of like trickery, like when he plays like the Ravens or teams like that, he might get a little bit too laser focused on just the ball instead of what's happening around him. And then paired with that, his arms are not necessarily the longest. So he, he struggles at times to stack and shed guys. So um, I don't think he struggles against the run. I just think he's decent against the run. Like if you're, he's not going to be, you know, he's not elite in the pass game and elite in the run game. You know, he's, he's near elite in the pass game and rushing the quarterback and then just average in, in the run game. He's not, he's not a liability out there. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say it's definitely one of his strengths um, of his game. Joe, Luke Grant has a video up on our YouTube channel, which, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to it yet, go ahead and do that. It's also up at playlikeajet.com if you want to check it out. And he went through the variety of pass rush moves that Lawson utilizes and talked about his pass rush plan, which seems pretty impressive. He's got a wide variety of different moves that he wins with one-on-one, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, the good thing about him, too, it's not like it's it, – it, and, and the, yeah, there is there is variety. There's a long arm. There's a stab. There's a chop, the cross chop, the regular chop, the hump, the, the bull, the spin, the rip. Um, probably some other ones that I'm missing off the top of my head. Um, but 
it's it's that and he also you can tell that he has a plan in terms of setting guys up uh you know three reps in a row I, I forget what team it was against but uh he rushed to the outside just just took a you know a hard angle to the outside uh multiple times and the tackle at first was was setting properly you know splitting the dip, uh you know you know splitting the outside of his body or splitting the middle of Watson's body um maintaining his inside out um integrity and then he kind of started to hop and cheat a little bit and, and take a really big third and fourth step. And then right after he started to do that, Lawson quickly transitioned to a bull rush. So he um, was setting him up. Like little things like that that I was noticing on film that he's, that he's really good with where um, he has counters inside. He has counters outside. Um, so if a guy starts to play him where he's going to sit outside, he's going to spin. He's going to get inside. He's gonna, like I said, he has a good spin move as well. I don't know if I, I, if I said that before. Um, if a guy sits outside, he spins inside or bulls inside or humps inside. If the guy is going to, to cheat inside because he's afraid of that bull and he's going to anchor down a little bit, then Lawson is good at taking, you know, two, three hard steps towards him, um, keeping his feet and his hips or, or keeping the tackle's feet and hips inside where he wants them and then taking, you know, an elongated third or fourth step or, or kind of like a hop outside to just work the hands and then quickly flatten after defeats those hands, throw a rip um, or just work through that contact and get, uh, you know, toward, uh, toward the quarterback. So there's a, there's a variety of moves that he uses, like we're talking about with both angles inside, outside, or through guys. Um, the leverage that he plays with is, is the main reason that he wins. Um, it's that paired with the fact that he always, or I'm going to say nine times out of 10, he gets his inside arm on you. So he kind of dictates the, the play. Um, which is fantastic. And then once he uh, gets a hand on you, he lowers himself. He, he literally, he drops like half of his height. Uh, that's how low he gets on his pass rush. So even if you are able to kind of take advantage of your length and burst a guy like Lawson, um, him just getting that hand on you and then dropping all the way down to about waist level of the tackle, it's really hard for them to maintain that contact. And if they do maintain that contact, they're extended. So it's not really a powerful contact. Um, so, he has, a, like I said, a variety of, of, of ways to win, whether that be power, finesse, uh, speed, rips to the outside, spin moves inside. So it's kind of hard as a tackle to kind of just, you know, set down and, and, and uh, you know, have one plan against him because if you have one plan, he's going to counter. So um, versatility at, at edge is super important, and he, and he has that. So um, there's a reason that he got $15 million a year. Uh, Unfortunately, some of the plays he, he didn't finish, um, which we can talk about in a little mm-hmm. bit. But um, overall, uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty elite uh, or near elite pass rusher, and that's why his numbers are up there with the guys like the – I think it's Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, whatever it is in terms of pressures and hits and things like that. So uh, I could easily see him being a 10-plus sack guy for the Jets for the next three, hopefully even more years. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Lawson's hand usage and his strength really stood out to me when I was watching tape of him. Talk to me a little bit about that because I really love the way that he uses his hands and his grip strength just seems incredible. Yeah, uh, the hands are good, especially with counters. Um, the one thing I do want to see him do is a little bit uh, with, with the outside shot that he does. Um, at times, he's a little bit too compact, so he kind of shortens his window to, to, to land on that outside arm. So I want to see that improve. Um, it seemed like later in the season, he actually started to chop from a little bit higher, which again, you're just, you're just widening the window um, that, 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 that that chop could be effective. So he started to do that. So um, that's the one thing I want to see improve with the hands. But yeah, overall, um, him just playing with leverage and his power, you could tell just in his trunk, like how, how wide his, his kind of his thighs are. Like there's a lot of power generated from the ground. He's really good at working off of his insteps through guys, long arms, things like that. 
Um, but it's also a leverage game too, where you don't have to necessarily be the strongest, but if you're compact and you're playing with leverage, um, that's great. But now if you're strong and you play with leverage, that's why he gets so many pressures because it's ridiculously impressive. And now you pair that with hands that um, sometimes his, his outside arm is definitely inaccurate, but the left hand, the strike timing of that left hand, which typically he rushes the left tackle or off the right side um, of the of the defense. Obviously, he could, do, he could rush inside. He could rush to the other side as well. But primarily, you're going to see him rushing the left tackle. Um, so when you hear me talk about the inside inside hands, you, typically his left hand. Um, when he rushes with that with that left hand, he again he um, he always lands that in, in the proper area with proper timing. Um, so that left hand is pretty elite. Again, dictating what's going to happen. And then his counter moves are great. Like his, you know, he might not land that chop on the outside arm because you know they're coming with like a, what Jim McNally likes to call a half moon punch, uh, which is more of just kind of like a conservative punch to contain the rusher instead of like trying to jolt him back. So uh, sometimes he'll miss on that. But then the great thing about Lawson is um, he's a, he's a technician in terms of counter moves. So a lot of guys at that point, where if they don't land that outside chop, they might get locked up. You see a lot of rushers uh, have that happen to them. But with Lawson, he works the elbows. Um, he forks guys. Um, he he chops down to break that contact point of the of the hand to the chest. So um, his hand usage is it's consistent, and he is a a fierce competitor in terms of once he gets once he gets blocked, even if he even if he loses initially, um, he just continues to to fight to break those elbows um, to to reestablish his leverage to to reestablish his hips. Um, and he has the flexibility to even where if he does get locked up a little bit by the hands because he misses, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, he's going to lose a rep or two. Um, he'll just bull right through you because of his leverage. Like I, I watched, you know, his entire season, literally up to 2020. Like I watched every single rep. Um, and in the run game, yeah, he might get out leverage. Like the run game is he's, he's decent and he's not elite in that. We've already covered that. But in the past game, I legitimately cannot think of one rep where he lost leverage. So, um, even if he gets locked up a little bit with his hands, uh, he's going to drive through and at least push you back a little bit because uh, of that leverage game that he consistently wins. So leverage plus hands uh, and active hands and, and smart hands um, all combined is, again, why he, I'm sure you were talking about with Nania, has an absurd amount of pressures and hits, which is uh, really, a, a, you know, a really good barometer of what's going to happen when you go forward because, again, you know, you know earlier in the, in the free agency period, I like, talked about guys like Trey Henderson where – his numbers aren't as high, and you look at the sacks that he had, whatever it was, 10, 12. Um, even if you just go on YouTube and look at the highlights, like look how many of those were, were stunts or coverage sacks. Like I, I watched like like five or six of his sacks um, on film when the Jets were rumored to get him, and I was like, oh, this is not really impressive. Um, Lawson has five and a half sacks, but he has like a million quarterback hits and pressures. And a lot of those, which again, we can get to maybe a little bit more, um, is because quarterbacks like Wentz or maybe like Baker would break a, would break a sack or two, and that's you know kind of uh, related, or, or there's two things with that. It's one, he has a shorter tackle radius because his arms are a little bit short, so he might get pushed past guys or um, just get a hand on him where other guys with longer arms might be able to get a forearm and an elbow on him, um, so they might break a tackle in that way. But also it's because the Bengals didn't really have anybody around him um, in terms of rushers. So a lot of guys stepped up in the pocket and just got away from him, uh, where, yeah, there was one, two, three of them that were his fault that probably should tackle the guy, but other ones, uh, again, there was wide open A gaps and B gaps. So guys like Cannon Hill or Baker or Carson Wentz or Lamar Jackson is another example. We're just run right through. Whereas with the Jets, again, you know, if they have one strength, it's the defensive line. And have fun stepping up when Rankins and Quinn Williams and John Franklin Myers are there because that's, that's just not going to happen. So 
uh, he's going to get more sacks. I can almost, I can almost, I don't want to guarantee it, but I can almost close to guarantee that he's going to get, uh, have a 10 plus sack year for the Jets. I'm, I'm super excited. One thing that you just touched on, Joe, is the fact that he's a technician. And I love that about him because when you combine the explosiveness and the quickness with being a technician, as you said, that makes him one of the best and most reliable pass rushers in the league when he's healthy. Reminds me a little bit of the Bosa brothers that way because we know that both of those guys are very technician-based as well. Very technically sound. They were bred for it, basically. We know that because of the way that their father brought them up. And Carl Lawson seems to be in that mold as well, doesn't he? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I would say, just in terms of like direct player, uh, player comparisons, I would say they're probably more technicians than Lawson um, is, but he has more explosion than them, in my opinion. Like his, his first step um, is really good. Like his load up on, on whatever foot is forward is, is very, very good. So that first step. Um, he's in the backfield before um, before the tackling came to get his first step out. So, um, or the defensive line, or any of the offensive linemen are, are you know getting out of their stances. Uh, so he's really really good that first step. It's not like you know if you remember like Jakai Polite film. If you like Jakai Polite, I don't want to compare him to Jakai Polite directly. I'm just talking about foot speed. Um, his his get off was decent, but his second and third step were really good. Where Lawson's second and third step are good, but so are his first steps. So he really explodes into the backfield. And again, for a guy. Like Lawson, who's that explosive at 265, who can also bend. Uh, his flexibility is good. Like, there's plays where there's literally tackles on his back. I just reviewed them just at a show from my, for Blitz Blitz. And there are plays where there's literally tackles on his back. And he is bending like one of those freaking, well, maybe not. Uh, this is probably dramatic. Like, one of those uh, people talk about those, uh, those motorcycles. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty low. It's not necessarily that low. Um, but for the end, it's, it's, it's really, really good bend. Um, and he has the power through contact to, 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 uh, to flatten, even if there's tackles on his back. So he has the athleticism that those guys don't have, in my opinion, in terms of, in terms of some of that burst, they might have a little bit more technique than him, but yeah, his technique in general is is good with, with the the variety of moves he has, the the counter moves, um, the, the strike timing that he has with that, with that inside hand, um, you know, paired with the power, like it's, you know, yeah, he's a technician. And I, again, pairing that with the other traits that he has is, again, why he's getting $15 plus million a year. And I, I can see him being um, the best Jets you know, rusher since uh, Jonathan Abraham, which I think is actually pretty much a guarantee at this point. I thought you were going to say he'd be the best Jets edge rusher since Frankie Luvu. But sure, John Abraham, I'll take that <laughs> right now. I want to ask you about the finishing, though, Joe, because you brought that up before, and this is one negative that James Rapine brought up when he came on the show. He specifically pointed out an instance in one of the games against the Browns where Lawson had Mayfield, and Mayfield just slipped away from him and ran for a first down, and that was something that happened a little too often with Lawson. Is that something that you think can be corrected fairly easily? Are you nervous about that at all? Uh, I'm not nervous about it. Um, there, there will be a player or two where he's he's going to get escaped again, just because of the short arms uh, or the shorter arms. I, I don't have the exact measurements. I don't know if they're out there, um, but just based on the way he plays, like it, I can tell at least from just I, I can tell. I, I've watched enough film to notice he has relatively short arms. Uh, they're not absurdly short, but they're not as long as you necessarily want them to be. So yeah, his tackle radius is a little bit short, and like he's a good athlete in terms of like bend, flexibility, being able to like power through contact, burst. 
Um, he's not the most uh, lateral athlete. We're like shuffling. So guys might be able to get away from him a little bit. Um, so that's the problem in terms of like bringing guys down for a sack, the lateral athleticism, the shorter arms. Um, but again, a lot of those problems come from, you know, or, or a decent amount of problems come from that, but they also come from the fact that, like I said, you know, he might be cornering, uh, the, you know, the arc as they call it, uh, to get to the, to, uh, to get to the quarterback, but because there's no interior pressure, the quarter, the quarterback has, has taken extra, uh, hitch up field and then he's away from Lawson where, yeah, maybe if a guy like Chandler Jones, um, was rushing because he has those freakishly, you know, uh, long arms. And yeah, he might be able to grab them. But, you know, with Lawson having the, the interior pressure he's going to have from the Jets, it's not going to be as big of an issue because, like, again, you're going to step up into Quinn Williams and, uh, again, have fun with that. Um, so Quinn Williams, you know, Rankin's John Michael Myers will limit that a little bit. Um, so it shouldn't be a huge problem. But, yeah, there, there will be, you know, a, a sack or two that he may miss because, of plays like you're talking about with Baker Mayfield that happened with uh, Carson Wentz. It happened with Lamar Jackson. It happened with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, maybe one other quarterback I think off the top of my head where he should have got a sack. But um, again, limited, it'll be limited versus, uh, versus with the Bengals because of the guys he has on the interior. But yeah, it, it will happen just because he doesn't have um, those crazy long arms. Joe, anything we missed talking about Carl Lawson that you find important that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, the, the one thing is too, like, I, I definitely, I like his motor. Like, I, I think that's something important to, to note, um, is that, you know, with, with some of these like higher end rushers, like they might take a player or two off. Um, but I definitely do like the, the, the motor that he has. I like his awareness of quarterbacks drop points where again, like we talked about counter moves, um, and things like that, where guys just strictly might want to rush the arc, rush the arc, rush the arc, no matter um what the quarterback set point is but you know there's a reason that that tackle might be taking that 45 degree set or that jump set and because it might be you know a, a shorter set for the quarterback but he has the awareness um of quarterback's drop points um whether that be um you know the first couple steps of his rush or when even when he's in the thick of it you know head down um in contact with the tackle and he has he has a good awareness of uh kind of readjusting to the to the set points that um, the quarterback has. Um, there are definitely some things that I obviously covered in, in, in my show on the film that I probably missed on here, just kind of doing it more off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, overall, we, we, I think we covered them pretty well. Um, again, <laughs> I think Jets tends to be really excited for, for this guy. Um, I could all but guarantee a, a 10 plus sack season for him and a legitimate 10 sacks, not, not a Calvin Pace 10 sacks where it's, where it's, where it's similar to the Trey Hendrickson sacks. Um, but a legitimate 10 plus sacks. I can even see him go, uh, see him even going higher than that. You're looking at a guy, um, in his prime with great athleticism. I wouldn't say it's elite athleticism because again, you know, the, the, the arm length, um, that he lacks in some of the lateral athleticism might lose him a, a rep or two. Um, but when you talk about burst, bend, uh, just top end speed, power, um, it's there. He's just lacking in length a little bit, which is really important for a pass rusher, but, I could easily see him uh, being a, a 10 to 15 guy. Um, I, I think 10 being conservative. I, I just think uh, with the interior pressure that the Jets are going to have, they're not really going to be able to chip Carl Lawson a lot. So um, I think he's absolutely going to thrive with the Jets. And another thing, too, is that you could do with him. And I don't think uh, Sal will do it a lot. You're paying a guy $15 million to rush the passer. He, he also has the athleticism to, to drop into coverage. Um, he did it a couple times with the Bengals. Um, and don't just think he can rush off the edge. He can rush as a nine tech, which is again why he probably talked about Sal a little bit because him rushing as a nine tech a little bit more out wide 
Um, the thing that allows him to do is build up power. And if you let a guy like Lawson build up power because he's already powerful with his leverage, uh, have fun trying to block him. It's going to be fun to watch left tackles try to handle that. So um, he has the flexibility to play five tech, seven tech, uh, drop into coverage. Um, you can see him stunt inside. You can see him as a three tech a little bit. Um, so he has a lot of versatility as well. That, that adds to the, uh, the value of his, of his game. Joe, building on the versatility, tell me a little bit more about how you see him fitting into this Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich defense, and talk a little bit about specifically how you think he and Quinn and Williams are going to play off of each other, because that's one thing that we've talked about over the last couple of years is that, man, watch out for Quinn and Williams once the Jets get a top-notch edge rusher. They finally got one, so we should have some fun times in store for us, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like it's not. It's I'm not. I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's ass. But when you're saying that, like it's legitimately making me smile. Like it's uh, the Jets have not had an edge rusher since Carl Lawson. I mean, since Carl Lawson, since since John Abraham. So you already have the best rusher they've had in 20 years. Like legitimately, like, even him just doing what he did last year, regardless of sacks, or whatever. Like him just based on like a uh, again. I, I I will harp this till I die. Uh, process versus results I'm all about the process and just based on the process um he's the best rusher they've had and again decades uh so that's exciting then you pair him with Quinton Williams who uh Scott I, you know I like listen there's a lot of people who were like Quinton Williams hype people but I think I might have been the OG Quinton Williams hype mm-hmm. person and then I eventually talked to you and then we became like the OGs of the OGs for <laughs> Quinton Williams hype um and him playing just like he did last year and I'm taking steps forward pair with Lawson. Now you're looking at Hankins and John Franklin Myers rushing too. Um, listen, you, you float back a little bit in the pocket away from the interior pressure. You're going to get crushed from the edge from Lawson and maybe even John Franklin Myers who we can speak on a bit on, on a different show. Like that might not be his ideal fit, but he's still maybe an effective edge rusher as well uh, with Hankins inside and, and Quinn Williams inside. And if you have those guys, again, pretty simple. If, if, if the quarterback has to step up from those guys, I'll have fun getting away from, from Quentin Williams and hopefully Rankins if he you know, reaches his 2018 form or, or reestablishes that form. Uh, so they're going to pair absurdly well off each other. This is a defense where he's not going to stunt a lot and do things like that. Like Obviously, there will be some of it, but you don't need to. Like These guys can win their gaps, win their one-on-one matchups where you don't need to do all these fancy loops and stunts and things like that because it can take away from a guy's effectiveness because obviously it takes longer to, to work laterally, then get that, uh, you know, then work vertical or towards the quarterback where if you just go in a straight line, like a bat, you know, uh, you know, uh, like a bull or you know, bat out of hell, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, 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 you could, you could get to the passer quicker. So you don't have to do a bunch of stunts and games with this defensive line. So they're going to be able to just pin your ears back and go. So that's really exciting. Um, in terms of his issues, again, it, it, you know, you might see him drop back into coverage in a, in a simple zone, or like, or, or like a wall technique underneath where he's not letting anybody five yards pass him on like a drag route. He might just absolutely light him up. That's going to be limited. You want him rushing the passer. He, he, he's able to play inside as a three-tech uh, stunt and things like that, but primarily he's going to be a five-tech. He's got any, anywhere from five to nine, um, and they're just going to ask him to win in his one-on-one matchups, um, and he's going to be able to do that. So it's – yeah, him and Q on the same side, especially the other guys, is absurdly exciting. Like this – this Jets defensive front, we've talked about it before we started recording. We talk, you know, often. Uh, they need some more things. But just talking about their defensive line, if they build around this defensive line, which they can because all the guys on the defensive line are pretty young, 
um, this has the, the making of a top 15, top 10 defense if they add on a little bit more. Um, and this is the first year or so of the rebuild. Now, you add a couple of good corners in the next year or two with a good linebacker or two, like this defense is what they're going to build around. Um, and the trenches is, is what the, the philosophy of both Salah and Douglas are, and that's probably why they connected. You're looking at a guy who wants offensive line uh, in Joe Douglas, and you're looking at what they're doing with a defensive front in Salah. Um, this is going to be like an old-school, kick-your-ass type football team, and uh, I'm really, really excited for it. I love that description, an old-school, kick-your-ass type of football team. That's something I think all of us can get behind, and Carl Lawson will go a long way towards allowing the Jets to play that type of football. Joe Blewett covering the film for JetsXFactor.com, and of course here on XNO Quick Hits. His show for Jets X Factor is called Blewett's Blitz. It's on YouTube. Joe, you've done a full review of Carl Lawson. That's up right now, and you're working on a couple of others right now, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I'm not going to stop until pretty much, uh, January when, you know, the Jets probably won't be playing in any games, but hopefully they are. Uh, I'm just looking for like a meaningful game in like October to be realistic. So, uh, it's not going to stop from, from now until then. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll have Corey Davis up next. I'll do that with Marcus Coleman who played the NFL. Uh, then you'll get, uh, then you'll get Gerard Davis. Then you'll get, you know, uh, Ke- uh Cole. Then you'll get, you'll get everybody, uh, Joyner. Whoever they draft, Zach Wilson, you know, the, the offensive guard they're going to take at 23 or 34, uh, whatever film review you want to find on a player, uh, I'll have it out eventually. So uh, tons of things to, to look forward to at Jets X Factor. Uh, and then the Twitter is the easiest place to follow me at, at uh, JoeRB31. Go ahead and follow Joe on Twitter at JoeRB31 and check out all his film reviews for Jets X Factor on YouTube. And check out everything we've got on YouTube as well. Kayla Pace's new series, Pace's Playbook, is up. We've got our first edition of Play Like a Jet Live with Luke Grant and Clayton Smarslock. There's some film stuff up there, including a nice bit about Carl Lawson's pass rush plan from Luke Grant. There's going to be a whole bunch more, plus everything that we're doing at playlikeajet.com. We've got all the latest news, all the latest buzz. We had that exclusive the other day, courtesy of our friend Nick Spano at U Stadium about Steven Nelson telling him that he would love to play for the Jets. So we're going to have plenty more information like that. All the latest buzz, rumors, news, everything. It's at playlikeajet.com. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 